welcome to Behind the Splints. Uh, today we have got Madison Law, exercise physiologist, and Lachlan Knuth, physio, on the splints today. Today's question on Behind the Splints for our physio and experts to chat about will be how do we rehab from a stroke? And they'll run us through what a stroke is, how to rehab, and what their um, profession can do to help improve. I'm going to hand it over to Lachlan to start with. Awesome, thanks Britt, and uh, hello Mads, good to see you. Let's get straight into it. So stroke rehab is something that we do see regularly in the physiotherapy and exercise physiology realm, especially in our clinic recently. Um, we can do it multiple ways. We can have people come in um, who have had a stroke and do our rehab um, in the rooms and in the gym. We can also um, go actually and uh, do home visits as well if it's too hard for uh, the person to actually come in here. So. Uh, yeah. And in the pool as well is another alternative, yeah, so absolutely. hydrotherapy at the local pool, which is fantastic. We also get good results from there Absolutely. As well. yeah, yeah. So what is a stroke? Uh, so it's the blood supply to the brain um, is interrupted and then can cause some serious side effects such as weakness on one side of the body, uh, numbness, pins and needles, um, and obviously slurred speech and um, a droop face. And any other signs to look for, Mads, on your yeah. end? That pretty much covers it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, very serious um, thing to occur if mm. uh, involved with someone that is having a stroke, and you see those signs. It's very important that you call triple zero, okay, um, and get them to the ambulance as quick as possible. Time is of the essence when dealing with a stroke. Um, yeah. Well, they like to say time is brain. So, mm -hmm. the longer mm -hmm. they're impacted without having any treatment from medical officers, it's just more brain deterioration, Correct. damage, and potentially it can be fatal at yeah. the end of the day. So. You'd rather call and make the mistake of being overcautious mm -hmm. than not calling and umming and ahhing, and that's that's brain tissue gone. Yep, absolutely. And Maddie will go into like the different type of strokes that occur. Uh, there are different types that affect different parts of the brain, which then, of course, mm -hmm. obviously affect the rehabilitation process as well afterwards. Um, all righty, Matt. So tell us uh, what uh, kind of strokes are. are possible that to occur in the brain. Can you yeah. just run down there? So we've got at least two types of stroke categories that we look at, ischemic and hemorrhagic. So ischemic is where the blood vessel within the brain becomes blocked, depriving the brain from oxygen and the nutrients, leading to that damage that we spoke about just before. So typically you can have a blood clot that escapes from the heart or potentially comes on up into the brain and done from there. The other one is hemorrhagic. So think about hemorrhagic, hemorrhaging, mm -hmm. you've got bleeding. So it's a a blood vessel within the brain that's ruptured, causing the blood to obviously go where it's not meant to be, creating that more damage, just as we said before. Now, to be classified as a hemorrhagic or ischemic, the symptoms after the stroke occur or the accident need to last for at least 24 hours. Now, if the symptoms do resolve within under 24 hours, it is known as a transient ischemic attack. Cool. That's awesome. It. Yeah, excellent. Well done. No, got, got it all over. So, Obviously, yeah, they're the different types that can also occur in different parts of the brain. We have different types. I won't go into all details, otherwise we'll, that's a whole separate podcast we could do. It's mm. just on the brain. Uh, so obviously you have it on the left side and the right. Now, if a stroke occurs on the left side of the brain, actually the right side of the body will be affected and then vice versa if it occurs on the right side. Okay. Uh, there is another part of the brain right at the back called our cerebellum. Okay. So if a stroke is um, involved in that region, obviously that can really... Um, impact balance coordination uh, and like specific motor control. Whereas if it's more in the front part of the brain, it can affect you know your, th your thinking processes, mm. speech, and other areas as, as well. Um, 
the brainstem is probably the worst part to have a stroke, okay, because that um, impacts our involuntary functions like our breathing rate, heart rate, our blood pressure. Um, and if that's impacted, unfortunately, then um, you're looking at some pretty um, severe issues that could occur there in the hospital. So there's some different types of strokes and different locations and how they can be impacted. Uh, now we're going to just talk about our role as a physio and an exercise physiologist in you know, how we um, can help rehabilitation if everything goes okay in the hospital and trying to get them back to as best function as, as we can. Alrighty, so now we're going to talk about um, our roles and we'll start off with Maddie. So Maddie, with a role as an exercise physiologist, um, I guess what's your role and how you go about treating someone who's had a stroke, whether it's in the clinic or at home, if you could just delve into that for yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So the role of the exercise physiologist right from the start is to evaluate the individual with where they were pre-accident. So what their favourite hobbies were on the weekend, their line of work, if they were quite physical, hands-on, where we need to get them back to where they were pre-accident. Because obviously you live this whole life where you're able-bodied for most of them, <laughs> you'd say, mm -hmm. and then drastically one day you don't. there's no real warning signs or yeah, whatnot when no, absolutely. a stroke is coming on. So it's out of the blue. You can't really prepare for it. So ideally when they come in, they want to get back to where they were. Yeah. So we've got to find out for each individual person. Yeah. No same two people walk in. It's all different. So we've mm. got to get them back to where they were individually. Workplace, leisure, activities yeah. of daily living and independence because you can go from being able to stand up, walk out the door, no troubles whatsoever, no support needed, mm -hmm. no support workers. But then the next day, your whole world has changed. Absolutely. So you've yeah. got to pinpoint it on the head. Yeah. But how exercise physiology can help out with that is working out with your motor function, your tasks. So you're here now, standing up, you need so many transfers, assist and whatnot. How can we make that to be as independent and as efficient as you possibly can? For sure. Because post-stroke, you can create new movement patterns that aren't, we'd say, ideally 100%, don't look textbook, perfect. So yep. we've got to work out where are we going wrong, where can we take you, because there is also that limit of where you can actually reach, yep. where with your nervous system damaged, this is the best that you're going to get. But we've got to get you to your best. Yeah, so exercise that. in the gym, yep. exercise in here, mobility, balance, strength, whatever we define your limitations to be For and sure. how we get there. That's great. Yeah, okay. and like, before I go into my role, I guess, I'll give example, one of my patients at the moment, um, he had a stroke about 10 years ago, and so he was 65, he just retired, oh. uh, and then at about six months of retirement, he worked his whole life and yeah. actually moved to uh, Australia um, when he was in his 30s, yeah, worked really hard his whole life, got to 65, finally retired, six months later had a stroke, yeah. and um, unfortunately, yeah, movement has, by the time I, I've only just started seeing him over the last mm. year, uh, movement's really deteriorated, um, can't walk anymore, can't use the left side of his body um, yeah. and so it just yeah just to go back on your point how quickly things can change mm. and uh, how short life really is and it's important that you know we are involved so we can at least attempt to get something back so we can Definitely. improve that quality um, under circumstances that they can't control and exactly. which leads I guess a bit of moral as a physio so obviously once everything's done oh hospital wise we actually do there are physiotherapists that work in the hospital um, that help with that early acute stroke mm. um, uh, management, okay, so what's involved with that process usually is assessing um, the neurological components, so their sensation right up from um, the, the top of the spinal cord, yep, so C1 all the way down to S2 levels, okay, uh, which is the, the bottom of the spine, and also looking at strength assessments, so both sides, upper body, uh, lower 
lower body as well, even just movement with the neck, okay? Um, just so we can get a really understanding of where they're at um, and then continually assessing that over time to see if there are gonna be any changes, which are possible, but in some cases, uh, it, you're not gonna get that significant improvement that, that you would like to see, unfortunately. All independent and yep. individualized. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. So uh, our role, I guess, is yeah, we mainly from an assessment point of view, there's a couple of tools that we use, um, in particular like um, the MASS, um, Motor Assessment Scale, so that we assessing pretty much everything, so that way we can liaise with the exercise physiologist, say, hey, these are the weaknesses um, in particular uh, that we really need to focus on. Can you develop a program to help build up that, um, or at least improve those deficits if we can? Okay, Definitely. so uh, we also, you know, do our exercise component, and we do help from a program point of view. Um, especially, you know, if there's major deficits, we can we can identify that very well. Uh, but yeah, I guess our, when it comes to stroke rehab, our, our jobs exercise-wise are really similar and. Whether it is with an EP or a physio, you know, at the end of it, you're still going to get that really good quality of care, and that more importantly, um, the the benefits that you can to at least maximise um, what you can achieve post-stroke in particular. So, Definitely. Yeah. Well, with physios, I seem mm. seem to think and come back to is more like your spasticity of your muscles. So Correct, yeah. when you don't move and you're immobilised, so post-stroke, obviously your yep. functional capacity can be limited. Yep. You will stay in bed. It'll be a lot, yep. bit more sedentary yep. as per usual. And with your muscles, they are a representation of movement patterns and repetitive use. So if you're resting for long periods of time, your muscles can have the ability to shorten. And so to lengthen your arm, say you kept your arm like this, the muscle length will shorten and into come back out, you just won't have that capability to do it anymore. But your physios can come in and help with yep. that, that re relaxation, yeah, length absolutely. of the muscle. Yep, How yep. would you guys do that? Yeah, no, great question, Mads. So like we do obviously a lot of hands-on work early on when if range of motion is mm. really depleted, okay? And we do see those muscle contractures um, or a lot of spasticity involved. So we will do passive range of movement. So trying to just extend that, we'll, um, that movement as much as possible, we'll mm. do hands-on work, like your soft tissue massage. Um, some some guys go down the acupuncture route, some yeah. some do your cup it, or, you know, e either way, not not that those are all short-term fixes, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're short-term relief and to, to help improve with that as research shows. However, the long-term is the exercise and if you meld that together, yeah. um, research shows that can make it quite a good difference with improving spasticity, improving muscle length, um, reducing contractures as well. They um, go almost hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. So yeah, we, we, and we, we will do stuff um, if, for example, if I see um, a patient twice a week, um, one of those sessions might be exercise based, the other might yep. be hands on based, based on obviously what they're coming in with. Coming in with, yeah. So definitely. Um, yeah, that's sort of what we go about with our hands on stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess now I think it's important to talk about important things with the brain and, and stroke and you know, how it is possible to, because I think the big misconception with stroke management is that once you have a stroke, that's it. Um, mm. You're not going to get any better. Um, but it's not just us trying to sell you on research that, that um, shows that we can improve it. There is actually um, a physiological opponent that, that does occur. And that's um, It's defined as neuroplasticity. and. Well, Matt, do you want to go into that? Do you want to talk about neuroplasticity? Of course. You love it. <laughs> I was like, please give it over to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I knew you liked that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, yeah, back right. in the old days when research wasn't as 
great as what it is now. We're constantly mm. developing. So mm. you think about equipment, imaging of the brain with where mm -hmm. things are firing off, if the brain's actually switching on and whatnot, metabolism. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to image that, say, probably 100 years ago, 50 yeah. years ago, not 100% on that figure. But you, in those days, they used to think the brain you were born with was the brain that, that it was just static. It yep. couldn't adapt, it couldn't get better. So if you damaged something like via stroke, for example, that you were just stuck, that was it. But over the years, as research has improved imaging as well, yep. it's been able to show that the brain can undergo reorganisa reorganisation and adapting to, say, a brain lesion such as a stroke, yep. So, Perfect. which is fantastic because you don't want to get stuck with the, the static brain where mm. once you have a stroke, like they used to believe, that's where you are. Yep. You, know, you can get better. Mm. So the best way to explain neuroplasticity mm. is the reorganisation of the central nervous system to oh. what has occurred. So yep. in layman's terms, for people who have no idea what neuroplasticity means, mm. the easiest way to probably explain it is if you've got a main road and that's where your nervous system runs or your neural connections because mm. your brain talks to itself via electrical mm. changes and yep. currencies yeah. and whatnot. And if, though, if there's something damaging that road, you can't go down it any further whatsoever. So without creating, a, say, like a back road mm -hmm. or a slip lane or whatnot, you won't be able to get that function happening. So say that road that's blocked is causing your arm to, to curl yep. or elbow flexion. If you don't use that and that road block is blocked, you can't do that. So what you can do via practicing, say like a physio, exercise mm -hmm. physiologist, is helping passively. So mm -hmm. taking the arm, moving it through that motion and then getting the individual to help contract is gonna create those slip lanes. It's always practice. Practice, use it or lose it. Absolutely, yep. No, it's a really important concept to know because um, yeah, I always educate patients on mm. that because if we're not, if they don't know that, like they often do lose a lot of hope. Like, oh, well, that's it. my brain. I have a damaged brain forever now. When mm. reality is that there is this um, phenomenon that does occur and it does actually, um, it, or it can make a difference in getting those benefits in, in repairing, you know, motor control and improving motor control and, and sensation as well. Um, yeah. So look, in terms of sensation, that, that, that can vary again. Some people, has, there is research that shows that it does improve and, uh, and you can get yeah. um, in, increased sensation again and you can get other people not as much, okay? So, yeah. yeah, just to reiterate, so we're not giving out false hope out there. Like, like there, there are strokes that unfortunately mm. it is the case that, you know, you're going to see minimal improvement. But we can, even with that, we can still work on other areas so that you can maintain that quality of life and um, still do things with loved ones and, and things that you do care about. Yeah, definitely. Um, even if that neuroplasticity component is not quite um, get, getting those, meeting those needs that you require in order yeah. to get back to it. So, so it's um, all individualised. Yep, absolutely right. That's yep. the thing. And what you do also outside can help it. So yeah. you think about your physio, your exercise physiologist, mm -hmm. research has shown that you get benefits, a lot yep. more benefit if you're trying to help improve yourself yep. than what you would if you did nothing about it. Yep. So you've got, to, you've got to be in it to win it or you've got to be in it to get those changes. Yep. And you may not get any changes, that's mm. the thing, but you're going to get no changes either way Absolutely. if you do nothing about yep. it. Exactly right. Well put, well put. No, okay. Thank you. Good, no. <laughs> and uh, I guess we can now talk about two... Uh, I know you've got the active hands out, Jason. I do have the active hands yeah. out. <laughs> so we, this is something that's only come in our clinic recently, um, mm. and you've been using it quite a fair bit. You did a yes. really good PD the other day on it, which was really fascinating, Thank especially you. one of our patients. So I think it's a great idea that we can bring it to the podcast bring mm. it and, and see how, how, why we use them, um, yep. how you use them, and, and 
like what benefits you can from having something such as like your active pans. Yeah. Definitely. So walk me through it. Oh, we'll walk you through it. <laughs> yeah. So post stroke, you can have side effects as Loft mentioned before, such mm. as your muscle weakness, mm. trouble actually coordinating movements. Mm. So you've got to get certain muscle contraction and relaxation from other muscle groups to be able to grip something. So if these muscles along in the front, say front of my hand and the forearm, weren't able to squeeze adequately, then you would lose your loss of function off your hand to be able to grab, yeah. say, a cup or something like that, open a fridge door or door. Mm -hmm. So, but these muscles up here could still work off your shoulder and your arm. Yeah. How are you gonna possibly exercise if you cannot grip something? Absolutely. Sure, there's ways around it, yep. but a way that we can get exercise through the hand is actually strapping equipment to the individual yep. to help out. So yep. I can steal your hand. Yep, here we go. I'll pretend it's, I'll close, sorry. <laughs> there we go. So yeah. we'll grab the right one. That one actually might help. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the right it. one for the right one. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Alrighty, so an example would be if Locke wanted to do a bicep curl or something like that. Let's see if we've got something. There we go. All right, we have a ball. Locke's a famous cricketer from the past, oh, right? Not famous. <laughs> has so, been, but yeah. Uh, he has been, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got the ball in his hand, and in order to hold the ball in his hand, so he's not bowling or whatever, he just wants to hold the ball, mm -hmm. that's going to give him a big happy high in his brain because that's cricket from his past. Absolutely. It's going to improve his quality of life for a brief period of time to yep. be able to do that. Perfect. So what we do is slide the active hand around his hand. Now this is an average size, he's probably got bigger hands than what yeah. normally go in here. Yep, so you can get different sizes yeah. obviously for different patients. Um, obviously the patient that's using this um, has much smaller hands than I do. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with the patient that I've used this on, she has been using it for bicep curls and in the pool as well. So hydrotherapy, mm -hmm. lying on her back to lift her shoulders up or lift her arm up to work those shoulder muscles. Yeah. So there's a hundred million different uses you can do. And they're not just only for your exercise environment. I've seen online, I haven't actually tested it out, that people have been able to do their makeup holding their active hands. They put the brush in their hand and then obviously they strap it on. Um, someone else has had a beer in their hand. So if you're a beer lover and you drink within the right moderation, then you could drink a beer with a hand. So if Locke had no use of his grip strength, as you can see here, he's able to hold that ball yep. in his hand. Can't fall at all. Very nice. Does it feel comfy? Very comfy. Shall I leave Absolutely. like that for the day? For the day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if your patients would like that. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> can you treat one-handed? Uh, not at all. Not no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And just as easy to take it off. Thank you. Very Simple good. That. Excellent, lads. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic tool, uh, particularly for uh, retraining grip. I think it's mm. a big thing because it's such a functional thing that we do take for granted. Uh, whether it's eating with a knife and fork, whether it's you know trying to pick something up, it, you know that yeah. that is a very useful tool to oh, yeah. um, at least get some sort of normality in a way. Obviously, mm. it's not the same thing, but it's it's better than again not being able to do it at all. Exactly, and that's the same with any part of re of the rehab you know um, timeline. I guess you know whether you got no movement at all, you can't contract, you know, we can still work on that. We can still find, develop pathways and develop management um, strategies mm. to help, you know, achieve that contraction or achieve that movement um, with exercise and with our yeah. passive work as well. So uh, I think that's what the beauty of our jobs is that, especially with stroke rehab, is that no matter you know, how much deficit you think there is, there is something we can always work on so yep. that we can always improve. Um, Definitely. And yeah, so that's a great topic. Of, um, 
Yeah, no, no. What would you look at if someone did come in and they had a, a cerebral vascular accident, mm -hmm. so a stroke, mm. an initial consult, yep. how would you go about it? I know everyone's going to be different, yeah. but I, what would you go again, to? Again, same thing. I'm looking at functionality, so what they can do, whether it's uh, to be more systematic, I'll look at, uh, they call it dermatomes, but mm -hmm. in other words, I'm looking at sensation of every single um, pathway from the vertebrae, okay? Yeah. Uh, so I'll do like a light touch, uh, soft touch, um, hot cold test as well. Uh, I'll do uh, as well, um, like, a, like a sharp blunt test as well, yeah. as, as we were before, I had another word for it, but you yeah, know, <laughs> uh, sharp blunt's a, the, the more appropriate term. Uh, yeah. And then I'll move on to, they call it myotome testing, so mm -hmm. in other words, strength testing. Uh, again, same component, C1 to, to S2, uh, just looking at different grades. So we, we, we do scale yeah. it in terms of like 10 out of 10 will be full sensation, 5 out mm. of 5 is full strength, and Zero, obviously, complete, no sensation at all. Yeah. Um, and then zero on the strength is they're not able to move. They're not able yep. to get any, or like whatever it is, um, any contracture, mm. uh, contraction whatsoever. So um, that, that's what we'll do to begin with. And then like, look at other basic things. Again, strokes, they vary so much. Some people can achieve a sit to stand. Mm. Others, that's just not possible at all. No. And would laugh if, like, <laughs> if, if I asked them to do that. It's just all about... offended as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about reading the room and, 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 as, and that's why I do that systematic approach first so that yep. when I have a pretty good idea by then when I do want to get them to do more functional tasks such as like, um, yeah, like you know, picking up something or yep. doing a sit-to-stand or, or walking and... in particular. Um, and I'll assess whether they need mobility aids or whether they need... Mm. Um, you know, more support uh, during that assessment. It, it is very assessment-based. I don't do a lot of treatment for, just for time purposes, really, because uh, yeah. I really want to know what's going on so that when the next session after that, it's all treatment from there. So, yeah. uh, and that it's effective treatment as well. And not, you hit the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you do a half, um, yeah, if, not, if you're not doing a proper assessment and mm. then you just go straight into treatment, um, you can miss a lot of things. And Definitely. then also, and it's not going to be as effective for the patient. And they're timeline their rehab process is going to be a lot longer and yeah. for stroke rehab it is a long it's a long thing yeah it, it, you will be doing a lot of it uh, there, it goes for a long period of time and at times you can feel like you're going absolutely nowhere yeah. with it but again when even if you're not getting massive gains we're still maintaining either what we have gained or what, or what, what we've still got in particular okay so that's why it's important that we're still doing it um, as because if we do nothing, things will deteriorate further and research shows that then um, lifespan after that is much shorter. Okay, so. Definitely, and reduce quality of life as yeah, well. Yeah, big time. I think mm. one of the more important things from with stroke rehabilitation is more quality of life. Yeah. So someone could still be happy post-stroke not being able to walk again but they're still able to participate in leisure activities mm -hmm. and be with their family, friends, do their hobbies. So yep. it's about also getting from them, what do you want out of this? Yep. Do you want to be able to work towards walking again or sitting to standing again, for or sure. is your goal to be with your family mm -hmm. for as long as you possibly can, still able to help out, whether yep. it's reaching and pouring your wife or your partner a cup of coffee mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. playing Scrabble with your, your kids, something like that. So us as clinicians need to be aware of where, what are their goals and dreams and what are our hopes as well and how yep. can we work together to get the individual yep. where they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the no. important things. So just as Locke mentioned, doing all your objective measures and assessments, seeing how the person in front of you actually moves and their functional capacity, that is 100% extremely important and you need to have that information for treatment plans, outcomes and whatnot. Sure. But just as important, it's the individual as themselves 
what do they want to be able to do again? What do they want to achieve? Where do they want to go? Are they motivated at the moment? Are they struggling with anything psychologically? So we do know research can tell us that post-stroke, post-accident accident or anything like that, depression levels can actually go up as a result of the lifestyle change and sitting for sedentary periods of time and not being able to do what they used to be able to do. So as Locke mentioned, the objective measures and being able to see what they can do functionally and their capacity, so how far they can walk, how long they can sit on the edge of a bed for, it's extremely important, but just as important is how the individual is, so your subjective questioning. Would you like to go into how you would question someone about their lifestyle and how they are? Oh yeah, just honestly, keep trying to keep it pretty simple and if they can't uh, respond in a way due to the, um, the type of struggle that they've mm. had, then I'll Hopefully, hopefully there'll be a care or support yeah. um, or loved one there and I can ask those questions with. Mm -hmm. So um, whether what they previously liked to do, what their function was in particular, um, how, like how, what, are there any stairs at home? Um, are there, yeah, what, easy to get in and out of bed, even like what side of the bed it is, so, yeah. like, so we can work on you know, bed mobility and transfer Definitely. mobility. Um, honestly, yeah, very similar to you guys, to be honest. Yeah, just the yeah. lifestyle factors and um, functional factors. Um, and anything else, mm. diagnoses-wise, if mm. they've had, say, diabetes or yeah, heart yeah. conditions, because that's just as important, because that would have been affecting them prior to the accident. Yeah, past medical history is important, and I think that comes up to pretty much our final topic, which is, you know, obviously, like, we're, we're talking about the, the benefits and the positives of stroke management, mm. and unfortunately, like, there are negatives to it, and yeah. the fact, like, it is life-changing, and so... We do want to prevent as many strokes as possible, yeah. and so some risk factors um, that unfortunately that you can't modify, that you can't change uh, for getting a stroke is um, your age. So once you're over 55 years old, um, the risk of stroke does increase. Okay, uh, that's yeah. that's just how it is. Uh, you know, males are also more likely than females as well, um, due, due to the fact that obviously with increased um, males are more likely to have increased blood pressure, which therefore um, can affect the brain and in, in general as well um, yeah increased blood pressure but that comes more than a modifiable topic which we'll talk yeah. about in a bit uh, family history um, there, there can be a genetic component to it mm. as well uh, and um, you probably talk about more this tonight uh, with hormones Manny uh, yeah um, Definitely. I don't know too much about birth control stuff so I'll, yeah. I'll put that to your hands yeah, <laughs> Not a hundred, yeah definitely they'll, they'll come in here yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With birth control, so such as if you're in pill, the mm -hmm. IUD, marina mm -hmm. and whatnot, it can play with your hormonal, like your oestrogen, your progesterone, and that can increase your risk of having a stroke with its effects on the body. Yeah. But I think we'll probably jump into more your modifiable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the modifiable is so the stuff that you can control in order to decrease mm -hmm. the risk of a stroke occurring. Uh, the big one is weight, okay? So if you are overweight or obese, there um there's a significant um, increase in risk of strokes occurring. Um, other things as well, being inactive, okay? So having a sedentary lifestyle, uh, binge drinking as well, so drinking yeah. a lot of alcohol, um, smoking, um, illegal drug use, uh, increased blood pressure, which probably mm. <laughs> is affected from all the other things said before as well. Yeah, well um, they all tend to come into each yeah, other, that's the thing. Absolutely, yep, yep. And now that doesn't mean, you know, oh, no, don't, you never have to drink ever again <laughs> oh, yeah. so you don't get a stroke. That just means that, you do need to um, keep these things um, under control and modified mm -hmm. uh, because if you do uh, indulge into it too much, then unfortunately the risk of having stroke is, there is a dramatic increase in that occurring. So, mm -hmm. all right, so the important thing to do, so just to summarise, um, if you do see someone that um, is having a stroke, is to act fast. And by acting fast, 
break into the syllables and yeah. man's meaning. So F standing for their face. Is mm -hmm. there one side of the face that's drooping? Mm -hmm. A meaning for arms. Can you yeah. lift your arms up? Do you still have that neurological and functional control? S standing for speech. Mm -hmm. So can they understand what mm -hmm. you're saying? Are they confused? You ask them what day it is and they're yep. like, got no idea. And then another thing is that their ability to actually speak. Yep. Are they mumbling? Can they not get anything out? And then you try and judge it overall. Yep, and if they do fit under that category, you mm. call triple zero immediately because yep. time is of the essence. And then Definitely. they take that from there. And then once, if it is a stroke and then they are in that acute stroke management service and then that's when we begin the rehabilitation phase like we've outlined. And yep. again, there are, whilst there are some non-modifiable risks that that you can't control in terms of preventing stroke, there are some that you definitely can in definitely. order to um, prevent that from occurring. So, so get physically active, try and eat a healthy, balanced diet, mm -hmm. reduce your alcohol intake if mm -hmm. you are drinking over the standard. So mm -hmm. your healthy Australian guidelines yep. and physical activity guidelines Correct. as well yep. are your fantastic guidelines to look towards. So I think they say 150 minutes a week of exercise. Mm -hmm. So they recommend about 30 minutes or up to 30 minutes every few days of walking even. Yep. Your strength resistance training at least two days a week mm -hmm. to help with everything in general, your weight your cardiovascular, yeah. your heart health, your lungs as well, and strength for your muscles to keep you active and healthy. For sure. Along those lines. And medication-wise, medication can help manage your blood pressure, your diabetes, yep. along the lines of that. So Excellent. If you have any concerns, worries, or whatnot, I'll probably recommend you to see the GP if it's mm. anything to do with your sure. health in that regard to see if they can actually help reduce those factors because there are scales mm. and questionnaires out yeah, there that definitely. can predict, I'm not saying it's going to tell you you're definitely going to be at a high risk of having a stroke in the future yep. or a low risk, but they can categorise you into each one of them. So you can almost get a wake up call if you are in that high category or if you are in the low, you've still got time to act on it. Yep. And if you have unfortunately experienced a, a stroke, you know that there are avenues and pathways that you can go down to yep. get help because something is better than nothing. Absolutely, man. It's well put. And um, that wraps up our podcast for today, guys. So thank you for having us. Um, this is Maddie Law, the exercise physio. I'm Lockie Knuth, physio. And um, we're back to health. And um, yeah. yeah. Hope you cool. enjoyed Behind the Plinth. Excellent. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers.